Look at the board. Can you see it? I can't see it. Now it's a podcast, but just imagine Ben Kingsley crashing all the pieces to the ground. Can you see it now? Today's process is this. Belief can be the pieces, but commitment is the board. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here, lawyer, online entrepreneur, and your guide to the understory. Because this place is filled with monsters and bandits, here comes your first warning. Although I am a lawyer, this podcast is not for legal advice. If you work with me, you must have a signed agreement. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right, let's enter the understory. Remember, admission is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on paper on purpose, Wade Skalski here, head understory ranger. Maybe the chief understory ranger? I haven't decided what my uh, what my title is, so let's just go head ranger. How does that sound? Uh, so weird day today, a little late start. It's thunderstorm outside, you may hear that. Um, so my dog is, blind dog Lily is hiding under the bed in my daughter's room. Luke's taking a nap because it's 3, 2.47. Uh, uh, I think Maddie's watching Tinkerbell and my wife is uh, wandering around the house trying not to be seen. I think that's what's happening right now. But we're closing in on 90 episodes for the first quarter going to be done. We're back on pace, so I didn't want to get off pace today. And uh, uh, it was a little late start because... Today, we finished. This is going to do a little aside before I get into the topic for today. But today, we went to our, I believe it was our seventh preschool. And uh, we originally had her in a preschool. It's right across the street. It's a great school, award winning, you know, renowned, all that kind of stuff. But we don't agree with the measures that they're taking to start for school in the fall. So we sort of press the eject button on that. And the lesson, I guess, isn't, hey, I'm not trying to tell you whatever. It's your job to shepherd your children in whatever way that you wish. So I really, it's on you how you decide what you're going to do. And I don't begrudge you whatever you decide, even if it's the exact opposite of what we decide, because it's a tough decision. Um, But we had to find, we had had sort of cobbled together two schools because we wanted to go five days. And we had sort of cobbled together two schools like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday school and a Tuesday, Thursday school that kind of had uh, procedures in place that we felt um, were appropriate given the circumstance of the pandemic. And again, I'm not going to tell you what that is. So there are two ranges, right? There's the, they're not sending in the school at all, right? And then there's the, uh, all the way to the left was where like, they're going to school with no measures. Okay. So those are kind of the two ranges. Nobody's really doing the no measures. So there's measures in place everywhere. It's just a matter of, what, do, what, what kind of experience do you want your child to have balanced against what you believe the safety is? So again, I'm not going to debate you on that because it's really none of my business how you interpret the data and how you interpret what you do. What I'm going to tell you is, is it took us seven, t- seven different schools to find the one school that would take her for, that we could send her for five days and that would give her the experience that we felt was going to be a great preschool experience for her, given everything that's going on. So it was huge, huge win today. And then um, we find out that my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are moving to Virginia Beach. So my children's cousins are going to be close, as well as my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. So that's a huge win for today. And then um, I just had a client call my client's old client's brother called me, and, and uh, referral calls are the best because it's just like a 
you know, it's just a matter of give me the information and, you know, they're going to sign up no matter what. So that was, it's, we've got a lot of momentum today and things are going well. So what I didn't want to lose is the momentum. And I guess what the lesson is, is that, um, the best days are when a lot of different things come together. And, and that's why that happens in business. You know, when my law firm was really cranking the, the last iteration of it, you know, I'd have a criminal case come in and have an expungement case come in and have another different type of case come in. And they would all kind of come in from different advertising sources on the same day. And that's, you know, if you can sustain those types of days, that's how you really get ahead. And so momentum is, momentum is an interesting thing. And, you know, getting momentum and connections so oh and the other thing too is like i cleared away that we chainsawed the giant tree that fell down in my backyard um it, it was a branch but the branch was literally as big as a tree and so we had to cut it down into four foot pieces because the, they won't take it away if it's longer than four feet but there was like a lot of circulation theory today a lot of it on the connection side there was only like one little, little commerce side but the rest of it was connections momentum and, and one of the biggest things that i talk about from from the side learning is you can learn business lessons in commerce uh, and from your connections one moment. Hello, little pup. I'm coming in to give you a kiss. You're coming to give me a kiss? Well, that's so sweet. Do you want to say hello? Just come in and give you a kiss. All right, thank Just you. Just quick, quick, quick little kiss. All right, that was a nice kiss. Thank you. That's all I came in to do. Oh, good, good. Are you watching Tinkerbell? No, uh, Alina. Alina. All right, well, hold on. Let me pause this and come and help you. Hold on. All right, that was a wood elf. So my first guest on the show was that was my daughter, Madeline, who was four, who was uh, excited because she got a princess, uh, princess drinking apparatus today. I don't know. She's just too old for a sippy. It's not really a sippy. It's just like a it's like a water bottle that has princesses on it that has a straw. So I guess a bottle water bottle with princesses on it today. So she was excited about that because her old water bottle, which was a sippy, kept leaking. And so we had to like... Well, yeah, was it a sippy? I don't know. So, one moment, please. Anyways, that's our new water bottle that we got today for school. And a new lunchbox. So, well, it was a banner day at the Skalski household. So, but she just came in and get, I got a little, I got a little drive-by, a drive-by smooch. So, she's very sweet when she's not trying to murder her younger brother um, or, or kick me when she's mad. Not like she ever does that all the time. All right, so that was, uh, but it was a little serendipitous moment for a, a, a look into my life. So there you go. Uh, and anyway, so that was today. It was a crazy day, but a lot of momentum. And the thing is, is that, you know, with From the Side Learning, if you really thought about it and you thought about all those things that were happening today on the home front, finding the seven school or looking at seven school, we actually looked at six schools and then we thought we had a plan and then my wife kept pushing. And then she pushed through to a new level, which was totally better. We found a school that was like way better. And it was very serendipitous because she called that day and the the director was like, it's so funny you called. We just decided to open up another four-year-old class like 10 minutes ago. So think about this. So my wife, if my wife would have called the day before, then they would have said they're full. And then we would have just not looked there. And then we would have kept our original plan. But I believe that the timing is not pure coincidence. I think it's a combination sometimes of luck, but also I think it's a combination of that. Think what you want about the secret and all of that kind of stuff. There's scientific explanations for all of it, but there is synchronicity is not the correct word because synchronicity is when you think you pull something from the the group consciousness that somebody else pulls the same thing somewhere else like when two different comedians tell the same joke but never stole it from each other it's more along the lines of in alignment there we go it's things do fall into alignment for you when you do the work and my wife has been working relentlessly to find a place that fits our needs and she found it and i am pumped um 
I'm just excited. And it's part, it's, it's, uh, attached to a church. So there's like a church aspect to it, which I like. Again, if you're a secular person, no worries. Lots of secular people send their kids to churches. Um, but I'm just excited because it checks a lot of the boxes that in some ways is probably better. It's going to be, I think, better than where we were going to originally send her before all this happened, the school that we were happy with that she went to last year. So in a weird way, um, all the shenanigans, at least for her school choice, are going to turn out, I think, really good. So we're excited about that. So I spent most of the morning um, just listening to my wife and a very nice um, curriculum coordinator talk about the school. <laughs> I didn't talk a lot because I, I walked in and after about five minutes, I was like, yes. And that was 55 minutes before we left. And then we went over and looked at the playground. And so like there was like an hour and 20 minutes of this place. And I was dead at five minutes because I'm a quick starter. And I was like, OK, fine. This is great. And uh, so I let my wife take the lead on that stuff because she's going to ask the right questions and I'm not. And she did. And we got it all flushed out. So anyway, so that's why we're doing a little late today. Um, but it, it's a good it is a good day today. And uh, from a connection standpoint, and my in-laws are moving here. And I think um no, my, I guess would they be my in-laws? My brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. I guess they're my in-laws. I think when you say in-laws, it means like your in-law parents. But And I've been working hard on them to get them to move here because I keep telling them where they lived. I'm not going to tell you where they're moving from. But where, I, where they live, I think, kind of sucks. <laughs> so I don't want to disparage the city, a whole city, but it kind of sucks. Like if, if, if you were to, if you were, if I was to say to you, hey, why don't you list the top top five worst cities in America, it almost everybody, 80% of people would stick it in there and they would just, they would probably just, um, they would probably just change the order, but it's definitely in the top five. Definitely. Just a, just a terrible place to live. <laughs> so I, so I send them, so like we're out on the beach and, uh, on the Bay side and chicks beach and you know, where it's calm and our kids are playing and, and I just, I'm always sending them pictures of like, these awesome places in Virginia Beach, and they're from his. My sister knows from here, so she knows it. Um, but my brother-in-law, he's, I don't know, he's visited here, obviously, but he's never lived here. So I keep trying to, to work on him, and it worked. So today they sent us a thing, and my wife's actually leaving here in forty-five minutes to go look at a place for them, so they can land, so they don't have to live at my mother-in-law's house. Because uh, I think everyone learned from the the our our month that we st- uh, that we lived there that that uh, uh, two adults, two babies, and a dog. Uh, not great in Mimi's house with Mimi. So their family is two adults, two babies, and a cat. And their babies, their, their youngest baby is, well, I guess Luke was, I guess Luke was a year when we moved here, but their youngest baby is like three months old. So it's a whole, it's a whole new case of shenanigans with that. But anyway, so, so anyways, it was a good, it's just a good day today. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I get stressed out sometimes when things go well like that in the whole day, because I have this thing where I always feel, I always think about like the soldier of the war movie where he's like, Hey, I'm going home tomorrow. And here's a picture of my girlfriend. And you're like, Oh, you're like, he's dead. He's stepping on a landmine, that guy. And I know that that's, um, I don't know if it's scarcity thinking, but it's, it's definitely a form of negative self-talk and negative, negative feelings. So I'm trying just to ride the wave right now and not sabotage it. Um, the one way that I am going to sabotage it though, is I have decided that I'm going to have a Kit Kat. So I'm going to break the fast on my diet and I'm going to have a Kit Kat after I get off the uh, podcast with you. So it's going to be a banner day for me in terms of my vices, Kit Kat, uh, cause they're delicious. And all right, so why don't we talk about what I'm, the actual intro is about? So I thought, since we're closing in close to ninety episodes, that it would be a great day to do another chess episode. What do you think about that? Uh, and just because I know 
Now, my last chess episode, my last chess episode just got, I told you, you, you thought I told you all the stories, uh, but I didn't. There's, there's more, ch- there's four years of chess stories in there. And uh, even my foggy brain that was, uh, that was uh, after the decade of confusion is a little foggy. Uh, it, it still remembers some of them if I really think about it. But the quote that I did for you was a quote from a movie called uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer. And if you've never seen the movie, I would recommend going seeing it. It's it's um, it's just a good movie, and it's a family movie. You can your kids can watch it if you have kids. If you don't have kids, you can still you can still adults can watch it. It's a good movie, and it's actually very spot on for chess, like like sort of the chess world. Um, it's a it's a rabbit hole, man. Like chess is a rat. It's like poker. It's a total rabbit hole. And you can. There was a time when I was so into chess that I would I would read. You know, this was pre internet because this was like an. I was on the chess team. I played competitively from eighty seven to ninety one, and then a little bit after that. And I just decided I could not. I, I was like, I was going to college. I was like, I'm not going to go into the competitive chess circuit and go to college at the same time. Because uh, it just chess had kind of, it didn't really interest me as much anymore. Um, it, I was more interested in other things for college. But so I did kind of, I kind of grew out of that nerd part of me. I still have a total, I'm still a total nerd with some things. But um, anyway, so this, this the, the movie is a really good movie. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. Go see it. But he gets this. He's this kid prodigy and um, searching for Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer was an American chess player who was very eccentric and insane, like turned insane. Like literally he did a press conference like he's got all sorts of problems. Like he's, you know, allegedly like anti-Semitic and he's just like a crazy person and just says crazy shit. And just like not really a fan of Bobby Fischer, never was a fan of Bobby Fischer, but this movie's not about Bobby Fischer. This movie's about a, they're searching for the next Bobby Fischer minus all the crazy shit. Okay. And, um, and so, um, and the only reason I say allegedly previously is because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> So uh, not making excuses, just, you know, crazy people will sue you. So allegedly. Uh, anyway, so um, so the, the movie's about searching for the next like child prodigy, but obviously without the crazy stuff. And so the, the Josh um, is the main character of the, is the boy and he's paired against there's another boy who's like kind of like the like the evil genius boy. Right. And so the evil genius boy has the evil genius teacher. And then Josh, Josh has Ben Kingsley as his teacher, but he also has Lawrence Fishburne as like his 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 teacher, because if you go down, I don't know if they still do it. But when I went to law school, you go down DuPont Circle and um, you could you could get, have people hustle you at chess and they would play speed chess against you for money and uh, there are some speed chess is is a totally different type of game if you think about poker you have you know seven seven card stud is a different game than texas hold'em still uses cards still uses suits still uses progression of suits but different games right speed chess is like that for chess still uses the same board same pieces uh but the clock the speed of the clock totally different game totally different gambits totally different skill set to be able to play that fast and um it's a wonder to behold someone who's good at it and never underestimate a person playing chess, speed chess in the park because they look like they suck. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like a three card Monty trick. It's like, yes, I can pick out the, I can, you know, and then you're getting hustled for your money because um, those guys are good down there. And it's usually guys. There's, there are ladies that play chess, but the large majority of chess players are men um, just because I think it, it it's, it's a nerdy, nerdy McNerderson thing. I don't think it's necessarily that 
I've, I've had my ass handed to me by lady chess players. But I'll tell you this is like, if a girl's playing chess, it's not something that she's doing as a, as just kind of a throwaway, like some guys will do. If every time I played a woman in chess, I was ready that, 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 uh, that lady, that lady was good all the time. So there are lots of, lots of squirrely yahoo dudes I played that were not that great. But if you played a woman, she was, I guess they're, you know, young lady, they were good. Um, so, because it's hard to be in that at that time, it's it's hard to be in that world. Uh, it's a, like a bro culture. I'm sure it's like more, it's less like that now. Um, we're a little more advanced as people, I think. But who knows? I haven't been around a chess tournament in a long time. So anyway, um, so they're searching for Bobby Fischer, and in one of his training sessions, um, Ben Kingsley is playing him, and he's like, "Do you see the move?" And he's like, I can't. And Josh is like, I can't see it. And then he, he flashes the board away and puts all the pieces in the ground. And there's no pieces on the board now. He's like, do you see it now? And what he's forcing Josh to do is to visualize, is to visualize what the pieces that were on the board and the, the visualization itself would help him see. Um, because it takes it out of the concrete to the uh, to the ethereal in his brain would help him see what the move is. Now, what does that have, what does that have to do with business, right? Well, here's the thing: is that I kind of if you think about like belief, right? Because you're like you're an entrepreneur, you're stuck in the understory. So maybe you're at a nine to five that you hate, but you want to do your own business. Maybe you're stuck in the gig economy and you're being commoditized. Maybe you may have a business or two businesses or three businesses that you hate. And you know that you're smart enough. You're not the smartest person in the world, but you know that you're smart enough and you know that you work hard enough to be successful, but for some reason that you're not, or as successful as you want to be. And that, for you to keep moving forward on the path versus just calling it quits and staying at your job or going and get a job or going to work for somebody who has figured it out, takes belief. And um, the funny thing about belief is that Belief gets really complicated really fast because if you don't have a lot of clarity and you, your brain will start to mess with you at step two and it will keep putting chess pieces down in front of you and make your belief more complicated. Well, I believe this, but I have two young children. Well, I'm trying, I'm working really hard, as hard as I can, but the marketplace is crazy right now. Well, you know, I'm working so hard, I'm trying everything I possibly can, I'm, I'm six months away, my business is six months away, I'm gonna figure it out. And your brain will just keep layering pieces, chess pieces and chess pieces and chess pieces uh, uh, down so that it gets super complicated and you can get lost in the game. Chess is still played all the time because it's the, there's so many permutations of the way the game that can be played that it's it's an unbelievable and it, it can basically be played infinitely. That's what can happen to belief in your own brain. Your own brain can start throwing things down where you get caught in this web of chess pieces by you're playing yourself. It's, that's the thing. That's the fun thing about it is nobody else is nobody else is putting pieces down for belief for you. Like sometimes maybe a loved one, your might your wife might be like, hey. Uh, when are we figuring this out? And I've experienced that every day. Um, but you know, the the your brain is playing itself in a game of chess and about belief, and you will always lose that game. Your belief will always run out. You don't have the willpower. No one has the willpower to sustain on belief alone. It's like the hope strategy. Hope is not a strategy. You know, we've heard people say that before. Hope is not a strategy, and just having belief is not a strategy. And so. 
and you'll get to a point where there's so many pieces and the game is so complex that you can't see the next move. You cannot see it. And it takes a pattern interrupt to clear the, all the boards away, all the pieces away and be like, can you see it now? And that's what I do is, is we take you out of business, out of commerce, and I put you in connections. And we start, we start taking you out of the concrete and putting you in the understory on paper on purpose in your connections. And then I'm like, do you see it now? Because that will help give you clarity, not total clarity, but clarity enough. Because what you really need is not belief. What you really need is commitment. And here's why. The difference between belief and commitment is vision. When you have all the pieces on the board, you can have belief because you can see the fucking pieces. You have a guru that has a system that you're doing. You're in real estate and whatever, you know, so you have pieces on the board. You're like, I believe that these, I believe that this set of chess pieces can get me the win. I believe it. Right. But then it keeps getting more and more complicated or you lose pieces or, you know, you sacrifice things and it doesn't work out. And it just, it just starts to wear you down. And the game is so complex that you just peter out and then you die. You get lost in your brain. Your dream dies. You get lost in the understory. It's a real fucking thing. And you have to take all those pieces off the board and you have to be committed to the game, but not the pieces. And that takes vision. True commitment has nothing to do with the tools. It has to do with the vision. I am committed to the type of house that I want to own. I'm committed to where I want to send my children for school. I'm committed to being from Virginia Beach. I'm committed to my wife. I'm committed to my dog, Lily, and my children. Not in that order. Lily is blind, not deaf. She might get upset, but I have to put her somewhere in the middle. But I'm committed to all those things, but I'm not committed to the tools. So I, I'm working with as much clarity as I can, and I am committed to the result and the process, but the tools may change. So my traffic tools may change or, you know, I may tweak my client, my, my ideal avatar client may change or the services I provide may change or the, you know, how I run the funnels may change, whatever. If you get, if you get, if you're just operating on belief, then you start to gravitate more towards tools and then you get hemmed in by your own, your own brain and you can't get out. Do you know how I know that? I spent 10 years in a business with someone where I made uh, what would it be? Four digits and a hazelnut candle over 10 years. Like I showed up making no money, but I did get a hazelnut candle because I was in a growth loop and I was like this, I'm going to make this work no matter fucking what. And the problem was, is that the person I was with had, uh, how do I explain this? They just couldn't, they were trying to, they were trying to be in the prolific zone basically. And they said they were trying to totally reinvent the wheel in something that had never been done before. And they were just kept, it kept not working. And um, most of that's on me, 95% of it's on me uh, because I'm the one that's responsible for my own results. So it's my fault that I stuck around. I should either stuck around or I should have just, I actually should have just left or figured it out myself. 
And it's not that other person's fault. I'm going to grow a man. I'm going to adult. However, if you do get too locked into belief, then you get, you can get stuck in a learning loop like that. And I'm not joking. It was 10 years. Now it was a side gig. And so it wasn't like how I paid my bills, but it was like a donated 10 years of time to something that didn't work because I was, I was, it's like a cul-de-sac like Seth Godin, Seth Godin says it was, it was, um, it was a cul-de-sac and I was like, this is, this is, it was just not, everything was wrong about it. Like the culture that was being built never could quite work. The tools never could quite work. The products and services we could never quite present quite right. Like it just, the recruiting didn't work. Like it just, everything, nothing about it could came together. It was like the anti-momentum and, um, it's like, it was super, super complicated. Everything about it was complicated. Business is kind of simple when you really boil it down to it. Business is simple. You have an offer. And then you just increase the value of the offer until someone wants to give you money for it. And then you create enough revenue from those offers and then you grow your business. Everyone wants to do it the other way around. They want to, they want to plan, plan the whole business out and then, and then, and then work on the revenue. It's like, no, you have to find offers at work and you just keep offering things until people like, yes, I would like to buy that. And then you get that enough people to do that. And then you can start to build the business from there. But you, but we were trying to do the reverse. It's like we were, we were trying to build the business and then do the offer, you know, we're trying to fit the this, this service into some the, some business frame. It just wasn't working, and that's because we didn't we didn't have the right we didn't have the right vision. We had enough. We had tons of belief. That's ten years of belief, but I just petered out, and I really damaged the relationship with my wife and the confidence with my wife because it took a long time to to re, still I'm still rebuilding it now. So all I try to show her right now is checks. It's just the cash. We don't talk about little wins. I don't talk with her about momentum. She needs about three years of just like giant checks. And then she'll be like, okay. So I kind of I kind of lost my privileges on the small talk about the business. And, you know, the good news is, is that we've got checks coming in. And so she's like, okay, you know. But I've, I've had to do a lot of work on the connection side to shore all that up. But vision... Vision is not is just a, is a clear idea of where you're going, and you're you're committed to the process. You're com- it's commitment. It's different than belief, because belief can be an illusion. Belief can be hope, but commitment's a different thing. If you're committed to something, you'll accomplish it one way or the other. Now, the tools may change. You may have to do things that you never thought that you'd have to do. I, I'm engaged in certain parts of my business where I'm like, I never knew I was going to do that ever. Would have ever bet a million dollars. But it's necessary. Cough button. I had a yawn that turned no cough there. My my it rain. Oh look at the sun's out. Um, it had a pretty good thunderstorm here, and and I was chopping up with a I was chopping up a giant tree branch with with a, with a a guy that helps me with stuff like that with a chainsaw. I was getting rained on in a thunderstorm with wasps. Apparently there was a wasp nest somewhere flying around us. It was very manly. Um, but I'm all fatigued right now. You know what will fix that? A Kit Kat. <laughs> but I didn't want to lose my streak. And I just want to talk to you and, and let you know that as that you can see is, is your brain will trick you with belief, but you can control your brain with commitment. And if you stay curious, then you won't get locked into certain tools. You can get upset and pissed off and all that. But, but I listened to Russell Brunson's podcast today. He talked about curiosity versus frustration he's right he basically said that when you get frustrated you lose you lose all your ability you lose control because everything goes outside of you but if you're curious about why things don't work or aren't working then you're working on the process even if the results aren't what you want 
and um, you know, I'm kind of in a mixed phase right now. I'm, I'm getting some momentum and some success on the serve game, the help game. I still have to do though, and I'm just like, oh, I just it it takes a lot for me to to fulfill, and because I'm just kind of like I'm ready, I'm ready for the vision that I see to be farther along, but then it's not the process. I haven't earned it yet. I've earned some of it. So, but I have the vision to make it real. And my biggest thing for you is that, is that you don't get lost in the understory of your own mind. And then you, you become a person of what ifs. Like, look, I'm older. I talk about my age a lot because not because I'm surprised. I'm actually, I feel older than 47 because I've lived about four lifetimes in, in different things. And then, um, but I say it because I want you to know that, that it's never too old. You're never too old to start, but you're always too young to give up. You're never too old to change or start, but you're always too young to give up. No matter what. You're always too young to give up. And so if you're feeling that way right now, take your hand and clear away all the chess pieces. Don't think about the job that you're at. Don't think about your next funnel. Don't think about your next business. Don't think about your current business. I just want you to think about the vision that you're committed to. What is it? Can you see it? And and you don't have to believe in it that it can happen. You just have to commit to it. I believe the universe will will orient itself to help you, like the universe oriented itself to help us to get into the right school for my daughter on the seventh try within like five weeks. That's a lot of school tours and money and applications and you know locking things down and and then it just boom, just happened. Businesses like that. Because you just grind away at it, grind away at it, grind away at it, and then you think you have it, and then something else comes from the side, and it's even you get something better than even what your original thing was. I promise you it works that way. The universe is constructed to help you, but it doesn't give you anything for free. You have to earn it. And part of the way that you earn it is your commitment. Because there's a there's a billion, there's seven billion people in the world, and billions and billions of people are sometimes, sometimes yeah, they. Yeah, having my own business would be cool. Yeah, having control of my own life would be cool. Yeah, having the freedom would be cool. But then the rubber hits the road, and they just they go back to what's comfortable and easy. This road sucks. Like this last two years has been hell business wise for us. It sucked, but we're way off, better off than we are now, than we were two years ago. And it, and I paid that price so that we could be in this spot to have, find the right school. I could be in the spot to have my, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law move here. I could be in the right spot talking to you. This podcast is not an accident. It's not my first podcast. It's not even my first show. It's like my fourth show until finally I could do one where I could do one every day. Had something I wanted to talk about, had people I wanted to talk to, that's you. So what I want you to do is I want you to take out your Ranger Field Journal, Ranger Field Guide. Sorry, Ranger Field Guide. Keep changing the name. We're going to go with the um, Understory Field Guide. That's what it is. It's the Understory Field Guide. I want you to take out your Understory Field Guide. And what I want you to do is, if you don't have an Understory Field Guide, I want you to take out a journal. If you don't have a journal, for the love of God, go buy a journal. And just write, just make it your Understory Field Guide. But for now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And I want you to... 
write down what you're committed to, not what you believe, but what you're committed to in your life and your commerce, your connections, and your creations. That's for you. I don't really have any say in it, what it is. Just like I don't have a say where you send your kids to school, that's your business. So is your vision. But together, we can we can accomplish more together than we can apart. And I can help you achieve that vision in business and commerce and creations and connections. And just remember, there is no end if you see the path to understanding. If you are listening to this podcast and you are an online entrepreneur, I know exactly what it feels like to be you because I am one. I know what it's like to know that you are smart and work your ass off, but always feel like you cannot get traction. I know what it feels like to have your spouse support you outwardly, but on the inside, they're saying to themselves, is this going to work? And I know that you want to create something in business, but you always end up chasing the same dollar over and over. Or maybe you want to create something in the arts, but you feel like you shouldn't play there. So you wander in the forest, stuck in the understory. I spent over 40 years there fighting the same monsters and bandits over and over. And when I discovered that if you learn what the understory is and you start to go there on purpose, you can find a clearing where you have clarity and power in your commerce, connections, and creations. You handle the forest like a badass ranger with the proper mindsets and skill sets that you need. Not once chosen for you by some guru or your parents, but chosen by you on paper on purpose. We can walk the understory together, but I cannot find you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Subscribe to my email list at understorylawyer.simplecast.com. Let's find your clearing together, a place free of entanglements, a place with a bedrock foundation, and a place where you set the boundaries, not anyone else.